Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio for our bumper Champions Cup preview by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are you? How was your trek? Very good, yeah. I, I was on you the... You look very tanned. I do, do I actually? I don't, I don't, feel, I don't feel it. Uh, I was doing a few days at the Camino Walk for our listeners who, who were probably all unaware, to be fair. I didn't broadcast it. So that's why uh, last week's interview with James Lowe, spoiler alert, was actually recorded two weeks ago. So that's why we didn't touch on anything in the news that week. So we were praying James Lowe didn't, like, I don't know, get involved in a or massive scandal of some sort. We would have to can yeah. the interview. But no, we were, played it in all of its glory. And what a time to play it as well with a great two-try performance. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And actually, he went down, he was very well received from what I gather on the... Um, he was very well received, excuse me, uh, from people, from the listeners. Uh, yeah. Which wasn't really surprising. I felt like it was a really good one. Oh, no, very good. Oh, like, uh, you know, you don't even have to do that much work when you have a great interviewee like that. You know, he's just... Yeah, it, fl- it flowed very nicely, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really, really good. Nice guy, too. So, um, yeah, it was good to meet him properly. Um, and he was great in the weekend. Yeah, he's a bloody good player. We, so. we have the Midas touch when it comes to, you know, getting... Seemed to be Ross Byrne as well. I got the John Cooney. Lads, got a, John Cooney. a multi-million euro contract. I don't know. Figures <laughs> approximate right after we interviewed him. So, you know. Circa, yeah. Circa. Um, I doubt it, but anyway. Do you yeah. want to know the significance of today's podcast? No. Huge, huge significance today. Year? Yeah. 50th podcast. The big five oh I never realized yeah, you were the sound engineer time. Gav Hennessy is beside himself with excitement, as am I. Uh, Luke looks pretty pleased as well. 50 episodes, so, the poor guy. Yeah. Do you remember your your 50 at Leinster cap? I presume this is akin to that. Uh I don't. I was crap at that stuff as well. I didn't even realise it's my hundred cap. Um so uh, yeah, that's just I never looked at any of that stuff. It was terrible. Yeah. So how does it feel to hit the fifty podcast? I haven't looked at it, Will, but now that I think about it, I'm ecstatic. Can't you tell? Um, no, look, I think um, it's been great. It's been really interesting. We've had to, we've had lots of re- like it's been a great journey and lots of nice feedback. Some not great feedback. You're <laughs> going to get that, but um, no, it's been a good journey so far. What's uh, been your favorite interview? My favorite interview was um, last week. Was very close to being up there. Um, I thought we had a good one with Johnny Sexton after the after the Grand Slam mm. win, which is a nice one to get. Yeah, the big name after the big uh, moment. The big name, yeah. Sean O'Brien was very good as always. Ferg McFadden's uh, is very good as well. Like I feel like it's all my mates. Pete Pete O'Mahony <laughs> was a very funny one. He was the out Fog walking Horn. the dog, yeah. and he was down with a he was down with Cork uh, Port or whatever. That was a funny one. Um, but yeah, no, lots of good ones. We've actually had lots of good round table kind of ones. Mm. Like Quinny's been in a few times. He's always good. Keen's in all the time. R- Rory's in a bit. Alan Quinnan has never been on. Quinny, oh, sorry, Quinny's on the left wing. Yeah. The other left wing, sorry. Um, excuse me. But yeah, we had a good one with Frano. Frano's always yeah. good crack as yeah. well. Yeah, so, my uh, favourite one was, I thought Keith Earls was very good. Oh, how did I forget that That one? was yeah, probably sorry, my favourite. Really just because he spoke really honestly and I hadn't really heard him speak that way before. But he was a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I, like, I think that's what I love about it is that, so obviously, like, like I know the lads, you know, pretty well. 
Um, you know all their nicknames as you always use? I try and, Like, you yeah. use three different nicknames in an interview with Ian Madigan. Yeah, Mads Mads, Mads or Mad Dog. <laughs> Mad Mads Dog. But, like, the thing is, I, I always feel like people have come on and they've had a laugh or two on it as well. Do you know? Like, yeah. I always feel like that's... I've enjoyed that because I actually feel like people get to actually see their... Like the lad's actual personality. Well, sometimes it's, yeah, you know, it's difficult that, to open up in interviews. Yeah, oh, big time. You're, I, got... you're, 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 I feel like it's been a nice test in the show because it's a bit of a safe zone for them. No one really, we haven't really tried to shaft anyone. Um, you know, we all, like, it's not really combative. It's actually genuine. Just, oh, like, well, there was one combative episode. There was, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, well, that guy. But, um, <laughs> look, sure, we, we've moved on. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's a testament to the show that we've, like, that one put us on the map. It served its purpose. <laughs> I, it did, it didn't, it didn't. Like, I thought some, like, there's a lot of the feedback. It was a real 50 50 divide because he's got a, like, a lot of devout followers. It was good for us because it put us on the That's map. That's what I mean. But, um, service purpose. I thought we got fairly, you know, uh, you know, I think the key parts of it we might have won, but I think generally speaking, we got, I, I felt anyway that I got fairly schooled in lots of it. Like, which we let's not dig up that crap again, <laughs> we can leave that behind no we can but like I think that we've was, reached 50 with the 50 mark we can 50's leave 50's been nice 50's been good fun and we've had fun all the way it's never a chore coming in like I'm usually coming in from you know a fairly long enough day but I actually always enjoy it we always as much as it's tough to get into town you're stuck in traffic whatever it is you get in uh, you're tired but we always end up having a good laugh about rugby or having a laugh about something or talking about through some issues that are kind of current in the game Um uh, like, what do you feel about it? Because you're, well, yeah. you're doing this all the time. Like, is the podcast a nice break from your... Yeah, no, no, it is. What I've liked about it and what... I like how we don't script it either. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't tell, listeners. <laughs> I, I, we don't script. Will has the bones of, of an idea. But well, we... <laughs> I, I usually... So, I, well, just for full disclosure, I have an A4 pad in front of me and I have questions lined up. And at the very top, there's you know, a little space. I usually write one or two words down that I might talk to Luke about. So today I have Air Sport Hat written down, which I'll get to in a few minutes. <laughs> And fiftieth podcast. So they're the uh, they're my two notes for our pre our pre guest chat. And have you sorry in, to answer my question or to yeah you must get to it at some point. Have you enjoyed it? Do you enjoy doing the podcast? I I very much enjoy it because uh you know you're, you're talking to some of the some of the very interesting people in Irish rugby and you're getting them in a setting as you said where it's a bit more relaxed than their normal interviews like. I really don't like listening to a lot of rugby interviews because the players are very guarded and they don't really want to say much, but. I think pretty much everyone we've had on has been willing, you know, obviously a couple of questions, they're a bit nervous maybe to start, but it's usually broken into a very relaxed chat where they've yeah. been very willing to, to give their personality and to share their thoughts. And I, yes, from that point of view, it has been enjoyable because you're, you're, you're getting the players in a setting where you wouldn't usually hear from them. Who would you like to personally, I have my choice, but who would you, who would you like to see in the next 50 if you had to pick like one or two people like you'd love to have on? Uh, that I'd love to have That we have haven't on. had, obviously, already. I would quite like to have, uh, I'd like to have Ben Teo on at some point. Um, he's a really interesting guy, had a, an interesting journey. Um... I think uh, he's actually like he's a very he's a bright guy like you know he's a he's a kind of guy who has lots of thoughts on different things he's um, he'll do something I think I think he'll do something good after the game like he'll be in business somewhere he'll do something interesting um, and interesting views on things like very can be uh, he, he's a guy I'm I'm gonna chase I haven't chased but he's a guy I'd like to get on the show at some point uh, Stuart Hogg is a guy we'll definitely get on <laughs> I have already tapped him up. Um, when we were doing a golf thing there a while ago, he's great fun. He is a real bit of personality. That really? Guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. I don't know what he'd be like on. I'm I remember sure seeing he... his Bebo page. Someone showed me his Bebo page. <laughs> <laughs> he is, honestly, he's a great bit of fun. Um, so I'd love to get him on at some point. Um, I wouldn't mind getting a Finn Russell on. He's a lovely guy. I met him a few times. He did the gig with Sky, but I'd love to get him on the week of maybe the Munster, um, or sorry, the Ulster game, sorry. Uh so there's a few guys, a few thoughts I have going forward for like we'll we'll still try and get into the the, the Irish guys here. Let's have Ty Byrne on at some point. Uh, he's a good guy, um, and just to see what he thought about obviously being over in Scarlet, etc. Coming over to Munster, how's he found it? That that that. So there's a few things. Joey Carby, another guy as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's quite a wish list we've drawn up. But for the meantime, we have to get through our 50th podcast. So I'm delighted to be joined for our Bumper Champions Cup preview by Irish Independent Rugby correspondents Keane Tracy and Rory O'Connor. Guys, thanks for coming in. Cheers, well. Thanks. And Keen, your appearance two weeks ago has actually been our most listened to episode on SoundCloud this season so far. So congratulations for that. I'm sure it wasn't me why they were <laughs> listening though. So that means if there's I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. 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 
fingers over well, here. Well, we went to the we went to the Champions Cup launch the next day, and it's all everyone was talking about. So we must have done something right. Shock, shock, Luke Fitzgerald is talking. What were we talking about? It was the Connacht stuff. You the were Connacht. like, you know, how much everyone the hates Connacht. And oh yeah, it was true. Sorry, yeah. Well, I, I obviously heard that from inside the change room. Like I was completely like regurgitating there, and I felt it at the time. Sorry, I yeah. sorry we we covered that last year. Will when mm. Muldoon kicked that over, yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, any yeah. any fluctuation in listenership this week can be directly attributed to your presence, Rory. So either positive or negative. It's a great road. A bit of pressure. Back. He's back. I know. He's an off-the-ball guy now, but we finally talked to his agent. He released him for one yeah. week. You know, he waved his appearance to generously so he could Thank appear you with very us. much for joining us, Rudzi. So, Rory, how does this compare for you when it's going into a big international week? For me, when, when we get to the Champions Cup and we have, you know, 10 games across the weekend with the three big leagues in Europe and you have some mouth-watering clashes, I actually enjoy it a bit more because there's more games to watch. You get a couple of duds, but usually there's, there's, you get three or four crackers over a weekend. Like, how much excitement do you have going into this weekend? It is. It's a step up from your, you know, it, you kind of spend the first six weeks of the, state of the season waiting for Leinster Munster, and then that just kicks really well in, into this week. It's not quite the same level from a work perspective as a test week when you've got media engagements every day and, you know, the build-up is, is so much bigger. Just the focus on International Week just brings so much more. But, yeah, Champions Cup is... Is the next best thing, and and especially with Leinster coming in as champions, um, it adds a little bit more. Last season was so memorable, so yeah, yeah I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm doing Leinster on Friday, and I'm going to over Dexter on Saturday, so there's plenty to to get stuck into. Straight Ten into games it. is better. Twenty teams is better. There's not, as you say, like Fact I know you're saying, but a few duds, but. I don't think there's as many duds anymore. Do you think there's? I think there's less. There's less duds, yeah. and even the fact that this year it's it's, a, it's got one broadcaster, it means there's no, they've, they're not spread across too you too many to too it. much. <laughs> well, yeah, but, or, but it's also I not can't. spread. There's no Sunday. Now, there's no Sunday it. evening <laughs> games. This, there's no Sunday evening games this year, Ooh. and they were they were horrible. Like the, Saturday that, night gone as well. Yeah, so it's it, the, the kickoff times are better. It's it's more focused, and you know, the, even I think the fact that BT have it on their own, they'll give it more yeah. f- focus. It kind of fell a little bit in the last couple of years in terms of. Um, Focus, I think, but um, no, I think this year, given everything that happened last year, it's it's going to be really good. Just, just looking ahead to our pool, then Keen, Exeter, Munster, Gloucester, and Cast, and they have the toughest game first. Mm. Sandy Park is Saturday against Exeter, top of the Premiership. They've scored twenty nine tries so far, so the defence will get a rigorous test right off the bat. I think looking from the outside, a losing bonus point from this game is probably a pretty good result for them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're not going to say that publicly, but I think they'd snap your hand off for a losing bonus point. Uh, yeah, I think the thing about Exeter is they can play They can play and beat you so many different ways. They're so aggressive. Um, but like like so Henry Slade, like he's been magic. Yeah, he's he's so good this season. Um, I think like last, se- last week's performance against Leinster was actually probably one of Munster's best performances this season. The problem was that they played against a very good Leinster team who were in such a good place. But now the problem is they're playing probably their toughest game they're going to have in the Champions Cup uh, stages. The castaway, fair enough, will be tough as well. But um, yeah, look, I think they're going in the right direction. I agree with Luke. I think there was a lot to like. Um, I thought the mall was excellent. It was great to see that back. They're going to need that. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of more of that in Exeter on Saturday. I thought Ty Byrne and John Klein showed like you know signs of forming a really formidable partnership there in the second row. So um, yeah, I think they're coming off the back of Leinster. Their glass is definitely half full, but going to Exeter is like I said is very tough. They just can't fall into Exeter's trap. Like Exeter, a team that just trap you. Their Van Graan was was down there yesterday. Was talking about their kick chase, their kicking game. They basically put you in your own twenty two and force you to make a mistake. They don't kick the touch very often so like Munster might not get to turn to their mall which is a really reliable weapon for them but their set piece looks solid their scrum looks solid their attack shape looks better and they're all raving about this attack shape that they have this season Keith Earls has been really positive about it their f- defence apart from those lapses which were you know pretty big lapses but still yeah. looks pretty strong I think if they tighten up their discipline and, and just make better decisions in possession they're in a good place I, they, yeah. bonus, losing bonus is a great result over here kick needs to be good kicking needs to be bloody good like yeah. they just uh, I, that was what I was actually uh, one of the things I was most impressed about I know Joey had a few shaky ones to start but he was spotting the right opportunities I thought the execution was slightly off but then he had a lovely one I thought that got, yeah. got, he got a huge amount yeah. of confidence towards the end of and he was kind of probing for those kicks a few times but what I really liked as well is in the absence of Conor Murray <clears throat> He put up some really good Gary Owens as well. Like that's the onus is now going to be more on him. Conor Murray will take on that, um, that I suppose responsibility when he's back in the team. You know that, and it actually is lovely for a ten to play outside. And we always hear Johnny going on about it. it's nice to have him, you know, as a relieving option. You know, you're not under pressure all the time. Um, because repeatedly doing things under pressure takes out of you. I thought he was good in the weekend. I liked some of the high balls. So if it's simple, doesn't sound like a small thing. He's and, and I also thought 
He played the simple option quite a lot, even when he was under pressure. Um, that gives you consistency. It gives confidence to people around you that, that they're going to get the ball. You also are playing in one of the top teams in Europe. So 14 other guys around you are really good rugby players. Just keep using them. And then you see that obviously, you know, Luke McGrath hit him a great tackle. <clears throat> but he has that bit of magic to go through the space yeah. if he needs as well. So he can do that. Those op those opportunities will open up for him. So I think he's kind of a key part of it now, especially with obviously Abby Matheson being out. He needs to have a big game. Well, he was bought for games like this, Keenan, yeah. wasn't he? Did, yeah. these, these are where the kicking was good off the tee as well. Wasn't it, it was, it was. And yeah. I think he's he's grown in confidence as well. But like so much is going to be expected of him either way. But if Matheson doesn't come through, that, that pressure, I think, almost double du goes double on Carby. I thought it was really telling that. Um, um, Matthew Thien got the injury on Saturday and he was left on the pitch for about five minutes, you know, and that was towards the end of the game. It shows that did they have a huge amount of faith in, okay, Duncan Williams was the guy on the bench and he's the guy who's going to start this weekend. And I don't know, it, I thought it was a bit telling, you know, did they have a huge amount of trust in him? Whereas, like, Go back to the first game of the season and, and Duncan Williams wasn't selected. It was Neil Cronin who was yeah, put in yeah. for the first two games of the season. I mean, where does Duncan Williams, having been there and being the guy that they keep coming back to this guy, where like where is he this week? Because he's starting a European Champions Cup game knowing that he's fourth or fifth choice at 31 or 32. I mean, in one sense, it's, it's another chance, but he's had so many chances before. I think he knows where he stands with the coaching staff. You see, he keeps coming out like he, he's a solid performer. He's no Conor Murray. He's no Albie Matheson. But he, they keep having to go back to this guy. You just wonder where his head's at because they, they, he knows so... He just It's so clear where he stands. They've gone and got a guy from New Zealand. They've got a guy from the Gary Owen that they brought in and started ahead of him. And they, yet they keep having to go it back to him It would be a big after. worry for you then? It's always a big worry when Conor Murray's not in the Munster team. Matthewson, I think, is, is less of a step down. I thought Neil Cronin was really good in those first two games. Yes, and and there's you know a faint hope he's been registered but in the squad today. Yes, saw that. Um, you know that he it, it certainly Gloucester next week. You know maybe get something today. To ask, to ask him to go to you know to play a Champions Cup game when he's only getting back into fresh and rugby and over a shoulder injury is is a huge ask as well. Like, Probably it? lesser ask than Jack Stafford though, who's never yeah. you know the, is it, yeah. would be his debut. Certainly, no, he's played last season a couple of games. You yeah. know, it's his European debut yeah, anyway. European so debut, I mean, yeah. like, look, they were not in a good place to scrum half, but I suppose they have a really good pack. So you'd imagine he's going to, whoever's there is going to get. A decent supply of ball, and then you've got a, a talented, if inexperienced, ten outside him. Yeah, I think the thing, the thing for them really is again, as you said, have a talented pack, you know. And like, if I was them going into this game, I'd be watching Leinster, the back-to-back -back match that Leinster yeah. played last year. Like, and Van as you have. Oh yeah, they should be watching yeah. it really closely because if you look at how Leinster, like Leinster actually when they engaged in the wide, wide game with them, I didn't actually think they came off. No. It was very much 50-50 at that point. If if not, especially over in Sandy Park. I thought they looked like they were probably edging it. Um, but when Leinster went tight, and, and Munster showed in the weekend that they can they can seriously compete in there. I think it's the only way to take on this extra team. I think they're very disciplined, so you, ha you might have to hang on to the ball for very long periods of time. I don't think, I think when you get into those latter phases, and I remember Joe Schmidt always saying that, you know, actually, the, when you go past, I think it's phase five or six, apparently, the chances of scoring a try actually go way down, like way, way down, which would kind of make sense as you get tired and et cetera. But part of it apparently has to do with actually, you know, it's harder to break them down. They get more time to get organized. You were, you're organized probably in your first five, six phases. Yeah. But it was quind of interesting because I thought Leinster actually were really good during those periods. I thought they actually converted a lot of tries on yeah. when, like when they had period, like long periods of pressure. And I felt like, they're kind of one of these teams that you might have to do that. Just hang on to the ball down there. Yeah. No harm being down there. If you get down it, just hang on that around there. That suit monster, you know. I think they're really yeah. good around there. Like I think yeah. they're when they're really aggressive, when they're very direct. And actually, what I like this year about them, they've actually brought in a lot of those kind of. Um, those tip on passes. Mm -hmm. I've been talking about it for a few years with them. I think it's actually with the, with the with Ty Byrne there. I think with Scallon's a nice ball handler there. You know, Peter Manning's a lovely handler of the football as well. There are a few guys that you need to change the point of tactic because yeah, you need to Felix, find a way to get momentum in those places. Felix key. Jones, I think, has done that. You know, he went yeah. to the summer. Mm -hmm. He spent time in New Zealand in Super Rugby, and mm -hmm. I think we're starting to see signs of that. I saw like Stephen Archer was playing a pop pass in midfield. And it's yeah. just things we haven't seen before, which Leinster have been doing the last year. There's yeah. more options as well because for so long you just knew it was going to CJ. Yeah, and if, if you stop CJ, you stop Monster. And see, I thought he's had a slow start to the season, but I thought he was good on Saturday. He's yeah, he's, 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 he's he's starting to get going, but also it's not always going to him because because Ty Burns class carrier, John Klein really good carrier, O'Mani looks in the 
the, the like he's, prime he's really really playing well, yeah. Isn't he? yeah. So yeah. you've got you've got both, you know Kilcoin's always there for carry. Scano's Scano, a decent yeah. tight carrier. So there's mm. now a bit more options, and like I just think there's a bit more variation there in terms of who's getting the mm. ball because otherwise, you know, last year Exeter or the year before Exeter would just line up across the standard and keep chopping them. Yeah, um, which Kilcoin actually looks good as well in there. It's like the, I actually think you're I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more actually. I think Tommy O'Donnell as well or wherever you have, uh, Cloyd not so much obviously, but but um, you know. Uh, they, they look like they've got loads of carriers in there. Like they really have a lot of threat in the pack, and it's actually, it's something they should go back to. I think if they look and they don't spot what Leinster did, I mean, I think it's pretty hard not to spot what Leinster did. They just, yeah. you know, they got it's whenever they felt. I thought any time last year they were in trouble, they went tight, yeah. and the teams couldn't compete with the pack. And then you got five other guys on the bench who were coming on to, you know, with the same pace, probably the same quality, like very little difference. So um, I think Munster are close enough to having that kind of quality um, with a full selection. And it's interesting to look at the extra team, uh, Keen. You know, they they beaten all their teams they played in the English Premiership so far quite handily and Gareth Steenson he's been there since they got promoted to the Premiership back in 1910 and he's he was still playing against Bath last week it is a great story an Irish guy over there that he wouldn't get a whole lot of publicity over here but he's been a key cog in one of Europe's most successful teams yeah right. absolutely and there's a lot to like about how Exeter do their business you know they're old school I think they're the only club to have earned, earned money or something in England um, Rob Baxter's done a class job there as well a lot of people think that he'll be the next um, England coach but yeah I think uh, one important thing as well is they beat Bath and it was Friday night so they'll have an extra day's rest and I mean you can't really kind of underestimate how important that is especially after Munster playing such a, it was such a physical game against yeah. Leinster so that could be important as well I think and Rory on Exeter you know they've been a great team to watch they've been really consistent in England but Europe hasn't been very good for them I think they've only gotten out of the pool stage once and they lost in the quarterfinals so for them to make the next step up surely they'll be targeting Europe and in particular this game against Munster one of the aristocrats of the competition that really laid down a marker so yeah I don't think they've been like they're not like one of the French clubs who's like you know domestic record is really good and, and mm. Europe is, is poor they've been really competitive but they've probably I think last year they were primed having won the, the premiership to, uh, to to make a real tilt at it and they just came across Leinster at their Very at their close, best. wasn't it? They were that, so, that sure, beating Montpellier down. They oh, were more way. aggressive beating Monte Montpellier down there than Leinster Glasgow, were. Yeah, and the they had Glasgow The Leinster well. players and coaches were saying it was they were the best team to play like, last yeah. season. You know? yeah. oh, I think they probably across were, yeah. the board. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they're, not surprised I, at that. Yeah. Yeah. Leinster really ground them out. Like, mm, I mean, I thought it was the first team where I looked at when I was like, they probably put Leinster in more trouble in the Viva than any team put Leinster in last year. Definitely. Certainly the first choice Leinster team. They were... They were a serious team, so I think I think that even that run to the quarter to the quarterfinals, I think didn't Wasps Jimmy Gobert get a penalty in the last minute? Like they were yeah, almost twenty four eleven up, but yeah, a few they're, they're on the cost twenty five twenty four. Exactly. So like yeah. the, it's it they they're not a team. They they don't might not have the pedigree in Europe, and they might not have the results, but they're they're definitely competitive and they're a tough team to beat. And I, I think they're they're one of the contenders for the overall tournament this year. So I think if, if Munster Munster could be a case of just getting out and uh, getting out of this pool on their coattails, because I think this will be one of those pools where. Um, it could be a pool where two get out. No, I'm not sure because cast. You know, you never know what, how interested they're going to be. So difficult to um, from home though. Yeah, oh, it yeah, is. It yeah. is. Um, but their experience of, of going there as well. You know, the Munster were there last year, got a draw. So like, yeah. I, th I think I think Exeter are a really, really, really strong team. Like they've got internationals uh, in key positions. They've got. I think. The, I think Leinster made the point last year. They've something like six to eight international props in the ranks. Like their guys got not getting twenty three or international players. They've got depth in, in key positions as well. They're Amazing really how they developed that, isn't it? Though well, yeah. the funny thing about as you mentioned briefly the the business model mm. though. Like they're one of the only teams that and I think themselves and I'm going to say. I'm going to say Leicester and obviously Wasp with the new stadium I think but I don't know how that all works out financially in terms of the actual books at the end of the year but they're one of the only teams that makes money over there. But yeah. the funny thing about Exeter is when Eddie Jones did that training squad there a couple of weeks ago they got a lot of publicity they only had three players in it I think you know, which was one of the lowest representations sure. even though they've been so consistent so they're kind of greater than the sum of their parts in a sense because when you look at the team sheet like people like Phil Dolman who's a very tidy player but you wouldn't necessarily think wow he's a European superstar or one of the powerhouse players I think group. we were making that point actually on the podcast when Lens were playing him last year that actually works in their favour because they get to spend more time together as a unit yeah, you know yeah. and that that's that's so important as well mm. it is and, and like it, and it is it's one of the drawbacks with having like Leinster yeah. have so many internationals like they'll have over a team more than likely in Irish training camp and they're only, those people come back. So the people who are on the fringes will probably get a day's training sometimes or less. To, like they might even get a day's training and just they're in on the bench or they're doing, you know what I mean? So it's really difficult to get any kind of continuity during those periods. It's, a, it's always a big, big focus for Leinster during those periods. But even when, like when I was there and we didn't have, we still had huge amounts of guys on getting getting into Irish selection even when we were playing well. Um, 
and it was always a big focus to say that's a key part of the season for us but these guys all have those periods kind of like a Connacht remember Connacht like they had great continuity in that team you know Uh, it gives you great confidence and the more you're playing with each other the better you'll play Um, you always see that with the Irish team all the internationals they always play better towards the end of the competition the same applies here. These guys have been together for a long time. They'll have long. They'll have had longer pre-seasons. They'll have had. Uh, they'll have been training together. They've been able to. Backs will be. Have, will have been able. To, excuse me. To implement ideas. Um. And some of his thoughts on what he needs to do to, for the team to progress next year for longer periods than all the other coaches. They're all important factors to consider with why what makes these guys really really good. And again, as you say, greater than the sum of their parts. Funny you said it. They were in Cork, played Munster in preseason, nailed them, Smashed, beat, beat twelve nil. But it was I was looking at it today. Pretty much the team close to the team is going to play this weekend. Mm. Sam Simmons was at number eight. Like you wouldn't get an Irish international playing in mm. August, um, and you you know this you know, last ten years you wouldn't get an Irish player playing in you know, international. They, in they beat someone else really heavily, yeah. uh, and they beat Munster well down there. Like yeah. they're they're really really good. Like I, I'm I think again I don't think the odds are. Um, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm actually not surprised they're right up there this year, and they really smashed. They they killed Montpellier in that game in Montpellier last year. Remember the one? I know they really needed it probably more yeah. than Montpellier did, but. They were really, really impressive in that one, uh, I thought. And just to finish up on this pool, Gloucester and Cash in there as well. Gloucester coming to Town Park in week two. Danny Cipriani at Town Park. I can only see that going one way personally anyway, but he has been playing really well in the Premiership. Like His passing has been a one-man highlight reel, but out of favour with Eddie Jones. Like, What are you expecting from them? Yeah, he'll have a point to prove. I think more interestingly, come back to Town Park will be Gerben Grobler as well. You know, I'm sure he'll get a warm welcome with the Munster supporters. But um, yeah, it's hard to know really what to what to make of him. I was actually at the Connacht uh, Challenge Cup quarter final, and I didn't think they were great. I just thought Connacht should have beaten him that season. Um, like Munster, they've got a big South African influence influence there. With Cipriani pulling his strings, I suppose anything is possible. But they're a lot he, they're a lot different team with him than they were last 100%, year. hundred percent, yeah. But I mean, going to Tottenham Park, I wouldn't I wouldn't really fancy them. Yeah, what what do you make of Cipriani? Obviously, there was a lot of talk in the English press once he was left out of that training squad because he had been playing so well and he played pretty well in the summer too. Like overall, do you, would you rate him as a player? Do I rate? Of course, I rate him. Like I just don't think he's international class because I think he's too many holes in his game. Um, like I just remember, uh, and I think as well the other stuff off the pitch. I just I, like why can't you just keep your shit together? Excuse my language. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, like what would be the attitude? In the <laughs> but you just can't. Why? Can't, why do you have to go on? Uh, like why does he have to do the night out? And why is he the one always who gets picked on? Is he the unluckiest person in the world? I don't think so. I just think what like why he's that guy could be earning like he, he had to do years down in Australia and the Rebels and all these places. He has unbelievable like his his physical gifts. Like I, I played him in the RDS uh, when we we beat Wasp well, but geez, he was like he, he's so quick. He's got beautiful hands. He's a nice kicker of the football. I just couldn't keep on the straight and narrow. You always worry like it's sad to see those kind of guys. He he kind of is one of those fellas for me. I think the biggest hole in this game and the reason I wouldn't be picking him ahead of Farrell or like definitely Farrell but not ahead of Ford either is I think his defence is poor. I think he's a bit of a coward to be honest. Um, I saw him get out of the way of tackles um, when Leinster played Wasps a few years ago in the Aviva and that just sticks in my memory. I just feel like people who do that you can't have them in big games because they're going to let you down. You can't have you need need 15 words like look why are Leinster so hard to beat? Like Every most teams like every single player. Look at Luke McGrath making that tackle on the weekend. Look at Johnny Sexton, his tackling. There's not one like Gary Ringrose and Robbie Henshaw on the front line. Ferg McFadden on the wing. Like they're going to chop you up. Like these guys are like if you're and everyone in the pack, you just can't survive. And, and I think good teams should never have someone like that where you have to be like moving them into the backfield for a kick. Like, uh, like uh, I just I always remember playing teams and like literally we'd be following the person around if they if they ever move their ten we'd be like right high ball on him like yeah. regardless we like we had all these unbelievable moves we were like put a high ball on that lad we're all just going to hoe into him here like that's you can't carry and he's one of those people for me and that's why you can't have him and, for in the England and team. just a word on the kind of the off field stuff like from your experience if you're in a team and there's someone who's a really good player but they do have this kind of baggage like what's the attitude towards that person I, would you would you be willing to tolerate someone like that if they are producing on the field <laughs> or are you just like this is a headache it's not worth it I, it's it's look it's childish in there like some some of that stuff like unless you're unless you're uh, you know a bit of a um, I find it hard to pick another word, but unless you're a bit of an asshole to your teammates, you know, if you're kind of if it's kind of funny for some people, they'll be like they'll kind of tolerate it, as long as you're not rude or you're not rude, you know, if you're not, as long as you're not um, being rude to younger players or senior players or you're not being rude to your teammates. Um, as far as I can see, like if you're just doing silly stuff, um, 
people will tolerate it. But if you're doing, like, if you're being to the general public, I, I know the good teams I was a part of, um, you know, if you were like that, people will be pulling you aside and saying, that is just, that is, you are representing all of us out there. Uh, I know Leo Cullen wouldn't have stood for that. Um, the likes, you know, Johnny Sexton absolutely would not be standing for that kind of stuff. Um, it just wouldn't be acceptable. Um, and I think, you know, like, people will make mistakes. Like, and in fairness, people are, like, lots of, when rugby teams go out or sports teams go out and they drink, like, I know myself, the difference when you're actually really highly tuned, you haven't had a drink in six, seven weeks, you're dying to go out and have a bit of crack the lads. People overclub all the time. It happens. Uh, you accept it, but you just need to... Like, I just think that guy... I've, I kind of feel like he was... He's got... He's like the full package. Do you know that kind of way? Like, that guy should have been earning a million a year for 10 years at the top of the English game. But he couldn't. His personality defects just... I always thought just ca kind of caught up with him, you know? Um... So it's, it, I think he's kind of a sad case in a lot of ways because he's so much potential, but I, you can't pick him in the... Inter, in the in like how are you going to pick him ahead of a guy like Farrell who just is like working really hard all the time, really fit, like honing into tackles. Like you just can rely on him. He's not getting any trouble outside of, of the team. You just can't have people like that. They compromise the whole setup, you know? He's, ha he's had so many chances, I think, as yeah. well. That's the biggest thing. If, yeah. if it was once, you might say, okay. You're I find it exasperating. Do you find it exasperating? Yeah, and it's a pity. Like, it, even even like, from a fan's point of view, mm. it's a pity because he's, you know, he's such a great player. Like yeah. in terms to watch, you'd love to be seeing him on the international stage. But I suppose when someone, you know. Like he'd be unbelievable on the bench, wouldn't he? That's a it's game changer there, to no? come off the bench. Yeah, I just do it. No, I don't think you can pick him in an international setting yeah. uh, full stop. He's just uh, I always go back to that game. I remember Munster came back from behind against Sale, they were being destroyed, and oh. Keatley dropped the goal at the last minute. Oh. He just took so many bad decisions and let Munster yeah. back in the game. And then you go to that game in the in the Aviva when Leinster beat them in the quarter final, Leinster just hounded him that day. They just oh, went after him. Pitch, yeah. he, as long as he is the guy that England are turning their heads to, you kind of rest easy about England. <laughs> yeah, I would actually. Yeah, I agree with that. I think yeah. you can't. Like, as much as there would be furore about him not being picked. He's um, not the guy you want bringing to Tolman Park anyway for your European. No European. way. Like, and imagine the crowd getting on his back. Oh, like, yeah, and one bad kick, they'll be all over him. Like, <laughs> oh, got to look forward to it. Oh, <laughs> like CJ Stander, Peter O'Mahony. Like, any time he's on the ground, they'll be squashing his yeah. face in the dirt. It'll be, ah, he'd hate that, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Just the last word then on pool too. We have cast French champions as well in there, but you know we were talking about how we don't have as much duds in there this year but I really hate cast like they take, they, they <laughs> offer nothing to this hate tournament because no, they offer nothing to this tournament they never have and, and Benjamin Erdepieta is out for the first two match days at least with a broken finger he's out half who kind of kicked them to the French league last year, so I think they'll be the, done and dusted the, after two. The rounds. only thing they bring us is, is they're they're really hard to beat uh, away from. Well, you you guys played them tw two years in a row. Oh, I was at both of them. Games, like one draw. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Goppert got a couple of tries. Drew so twenty two all. I think. Yeah, that sucked though. To be fair, <laughs> awful <laughs> man. And the yeah. pitch is like like downhill. Like if, you, if you're coming, if you're downhill second half, you're like, well, I actually might have a good chance here. Or you know, I mean, like, it's, but I think it's oh. between Gloucester and Munster to get the most out of their Castro games to get out of this pool. So Agreed. the team that struggles yeah. in Castor, if, if one of them slips up in Castor, that's that's them gone. Because I think Munster and Gloucester might break even against each other. Whoever gets the bonus points against Exeter and picks up the most points against Castor gets out of this pool. Yeah, I think I think Munster will be Gloucester over there. Yeah, I think yeah, so, so do I. Yeah. I don't if they have a full team, if they have a full deck to pick yeah. from, I'd be surprised agree, if they yeah. didn't, to be honest. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do predictions for pools at the end, so we'll just move on to pool one then, Rory. Leinster, Wasps, Bath and Toulouse. Obviously, Leinster getting the whole uh, tournament on the way on Friday. Leinster, I think, at a class apart, I think, is the consensus view. Would you go along with that? Yeah, it's it's on paper looks like a great pool in terms of you know the pedigree, big names, but really when you delve a little bit beyond the the, the, the headline names, Leinster just look at the moment that you know it, just a, a much better squad. I think I read this week that the twenty seven fit internationals going into the game on Friday night, plus James Lowe and Jemison Gibson Park. I mean the resources. He's an well, I mean oh, including sorry, the, okay, yeah, including yeah, the Aussie. Yeah. Um, like they're just so well. They've no injuries. Like the the the, the two players that are missing are Barry Daly and Will Connors. You know who wouldn't be in the mix this week? I don't think they've just got so many options, so much depth. I don't know how he picks a back row. I think maybe his his struggle is going to be picking the right, the correct balance for all for the, for the games that are coming up. But you know, Toulouse are I think sixth in the the top fourteen. You know, not the team they were. They spent a year out of the league last year. Um. And then, you know, Wasps, Wasps are going okay, but lost the weekend. Um, they're, Bath, they're in not, third, but they're 10 points off. Telling you they're 10 well, points two off. Teams, the the way it looks at England now at the moment, there's two teams. You know, Saracens and Exeter are way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Everyone else is playing for semi-final places and probably no further. So I think Leinster, if they perform as we expect them to, will sail through this pool. Six fairly, out of six. 
you can't say you, the, 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 everyone Chelsea, everyone has a bad I, I old day know. I think yeah I, like the one thing I would say is that like there'll be there'll be some difficult challenges away from home yeah yeah like that's, that's fair. like all those things like Bath are, are difficult on the wreck and it's a kind of a it's an awkward spot of it a few now this is a way better Lancer team here but uh, than, than the one I was on the last time I was there but it's a difficult place to go they didn't have a great team on paper they had you know Francois Lowe and they had uh, maybe Banahan was a bit of a difficult one but they didn't have any great shakes maybe Kyle Eastman you could talk about but um, they were really difficult to beat in there and I had a few ones play. I played in, I played in a brilliant Leicester team that, that uh, only just scraped over the line there so they're they're really difficult like they're yeah. difficult at home sorry yeah. I know they're they're nine, they're, they've nine days to get ready for Toulouse as well though. Yeah. I mean it, it just falls like the Friday night kick off and Leicester will get better the more time it's the, not like do you know what I mean yeah. oh, it doesn't really matter once it's seven the I, more time I, they have to be I think better that, that, and they had the experience of going to Montpellier last year winning Exeter away last year mm. you know they they just have been there. They've done it, and they, they look really, really sharp. Yeah, you look at Toulouse team sheet. It wouldn't hold any fear for for Leinster going even away there. I don't think first. So, so this always be hard to beat away from home. To beat, yeah, yeah Connacht nearly beat them two years ago. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Leinster are just so comfortable though, aren't they, in what they're doing? I mean, they're making changes to the team, and it's making very little. You know, okay, they won't be. Ross Burn was good in the weekend. He was, yeah. was excellent. And you know yeah. what? It was it was a kind of performance mm. I think that summed him up. He didn't mm. do anything flash, but he did everything so well, so mm. cool, cool, calm, and collected. But they're making changes to their background and it's still it's still unbelievably Class, good yeah, and absolutely. you know at the weekend they can bring off Josh van der Fleer and Keane Healy off the bench and you know having Jack McGrath as well is probably worth mentioning you know he's back just goes to show this uh, strength and depth as well what back row do you think will start on Friday? oh that's a good question um yeah that's tough I don't know is yeah it, like, say I don't know like, like, have to play Josh van der Fleer like, like Dan Levy have. probably plays like, does Sean O'Brien play eight and does Jack Conan miss out? I, I, think they, I think they pick it. This is what I think they'll go with. I think they'll go with Van der Fleer. I think... Uh, I, thought I'd never, I never thought I'd say this, but I don't think Sean O'Brien will get in the team. Uh, even though he's fit, I think they're going to pick Jack Conan and I think they'll pick um, Reese Rullock at six. With Sean on the bench or, or Dan, Dan Levy? They might have both on the bench. Rudder able to shift into second row if they need him. Uh, or, yeah, or but I, they might put an extra... Like I don't know. Like Sometimes sometimes I feel like you should have more... Like. I don't know if they've they pick an extra like, sub is what you're advocating. No, I just think they might have. See, like they might have Ruddock on the bench because he can play. They might think he can play in the row as well. But I think they they might do something weird like that just to try and get. There's like the more you of those guys you have on the pitch, I think they're an absolute I think nightmare. The one concern I, I would pick Sean O'Brien at eight, except for the fact that he spilled the ball at the base of the scrum in the in, in the mm. first half, and that just just showed <laughs> a bit of rust of a guy. You know that that Jamie Jamie he's never did that. Jack Conan never mm. does that. CJ Sander. Very, very struggles. It's 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 an underappreciated skill of the game. Yeah. I just saw our guy was a bit rusty in that part of the game. But even when he but if you want to pick him, you'll, you'll like you'll, uh, like I would nearly there. always pick Sean O'Brien. I would. I, like, I, I sorry, I can't believe I'm saying it. Sorry, just to mitigate the original. Like I just and I I would, I had him in my team as an as eight. Um, at the moment, there's a lot to be said for Van der Fleer coming off the bench. I mean, the energy he brought against Munster in defence last weekend was fantastic. He brings it the whole game, though, doesn't yeah. he? Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no true. wrong answer to this question. You either make it, <laughs> sorry, no, yeah, you're that's, right, that's right. probably it's that's like probably... an infinite amount of options. <laughs> yeah. Almost, you, we could be yeah. here debating twelve options. You go forty-six if you know. It's like Rudd says, though. I mean, that this is probably Leinster's biggest challenge at the moment is picking the right combination. Imagine those meetings, like going, like trying to actually make a case for a few people. Like, what do you? Like yeah, I, I bet you they have to go to the stats. I bet you they have to well, lean on that. And, and, and like leave you made twenty tackles last week. The other big selection dilemma is, and it mightn't be in the mix this weekend because Gibson Park could be injured, Rory. But if he's fit, James Lowe's fit, and Scott Friday's all fit, as could maybe match day two. Surely at this age, Lowe has to be in the team, whereas it was him missing I, out. I don't think he can leave Lowe and Friday out of, out of the. the the equation. I, I know Gibson Park's a really good player who's playing good rugby it's and like position his passing was, was really oh. good as a specialist. But it's like 70, 80 touches in the game for them so if you lost them after call it whatever five eights to risk eight, them so it's like that's 30 more touches in the game that you're like it's kind of important links between forwards and backs it has to be an important guy there. Like there's a big drop off I'd stand down Friday. You said this before, and I can't like I. I think really maybe important. at the moment. Oh, he's you, I think maybe at the moment you do, but then like you see, you have lots of depth there. You've got Tate Carney. You've I wouldn't got, stand him like, down against Jordan, Toulouse, you know, when you're Jordan playing a Armour. big pack, like yeah. maybe perhaps against Wasps, where it will be more. I think Fardy would have played against Munster if he was going to be stood down this week. Yeah. Oh no, he's definitely going to play. Yeah. But he can, yeah. you think really important? Yeah. Well, so Gibson Park is probably injured though. That's we're working on. No, no, I think that's the case. Yeah, but I think that might have been the case though. Yeah. I think Rui's right. That might not have been the case before. But Lowe is such a game changer. Like he's just, he's, he, he's such a finisher. He's giving them something different. He generates so much 
in attack for them. Jordan Larmer ain't play, wasn't playing last week either. Though. Yeah, <laughs> like, I looked. It's a disaster. Like, so it's unbelievable, but it's, the pick it is hard. There's going like. to be some uh, really good players just not playing this weekend. And, you know, well, that's sitting fun, up in their stats. That's the funny thing. I feel like usually there's one or two guys injured anyway, so it lessens the burden of, of the selection dilemma. But now this time it feels like they're all fit, and this is the first time that they really have to, as you say, and, there could be four or five guys who would start for any other. And they team. don't need to manage over two games because they have a nine-day turnaround, so they can play them all, and then they'll, they'll lose the internationals the following week. They're gone, so like there's no, there's no, nothing stopping Neil Cullen from playing his best 15 two weeks in a row, which is a pretty worrying thing if you're on the fringes. And look, this is where I guess Leo Cullen's man management comes into it because he is good with the players, and there'll be, as we say, a lot of dissatisfied fellas who would start for any team in Europe who mightn't see any game time over the next two weeks. So how does he manage that? Well, he can be very blunt, Leo. Mm. Like I, you know, that's that's his personality at times, you know, and that's part of the job. I suppose I thought that was a part of it that he definitely I know from just talking to him that he's that's uncomfortable. You know, it's never no matter how much of a of a hard man you are, that's never difficult. And lots of people he'd be still friendly with, probably not so much uh, at the moment, but he would still be very friendly with lots of those guys. So that's a difficult job. I know that 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 I think that burden probably falls heavier in his shoulders than people think. Um, but it's really hard to keep everyone happy. You know, you saw like like Jordy Murphy and and Joey Carberry left last year, you know. Um, so it's hard to keep everyone happy. I, I'm surprised that they keep doing it. Um, I think people still feel like they're learning out all the time in there and that they're getting looks in, especially when the team is... I think what they've done better for me, and they also have a lot of players, so it's a, you know, it's a luxury they have and that they're able to do this, but... They bring in lots of players. Like Ross Byrne gets to go with Sean O'Brien. Like, uh, you know, whoever's in there, like, uh, who am I, like Ross Maloney, who's a very good player, he gets to go in and play with James Ryan or, or Devin Tone. They don't just, it's not just a hold, it's not 13 f guys in new into the team for the week after. They've kind of got like, they've, they've kept a good thread through, like usually six or seven guys kind of when they're managing the team obviously coming into the big games you see more of the big guys playing um, but they do that well that's an important skill I thought Joe Schmidt was really good at that when he was here as well but people feel like they're learning every day in the setup as well which is another thing that's why I think they've been able to hang on to everyone how does he manage it? difficult uh, difficult I think that may change between both weeks even if there's a nine day turnaround I think it'll probably do it'll probably have to do as well with the makeup of of the other team What's what the strengths are again if it's Toulouse you're saying well big heavy pack yeah. like we're, we're going to have to compete it there at France, some point like. yeah yeah and he's been brilliant there o always has been really good against Toulon a few times so they'll remember that um, so there are a few things I think it'll probably do and as well they'll have also have a good look at the games like they'll have a good plan from they'll have watched the games before but they'll get a good idea from the European games what, how the other team's playing what they really need and I think they'll have probably made a decision on that before this weekend, I don't think they play. They might play the same fifteen, but they might not as well. There's a good. There's Leinster have been really good since the Joe Schmidt time about a lot of the decisions, bar the ones you can't control like injuries or whatever. A lot of the decisions for these two games will have been made already. Yeah. They they're really good at that. They'll have scouted all the players. They like Joe Schmidt used to scout teams like the the, the second week. So he might have scouted uh, who were Leinster who were Leinster to, Leinster, lose, to lose. Yeah, to lose. Um, Next week, like we could have done a scouting on that when I was there three weeks prior or two weeks prior when we were we might have done a goal setting session in a hotel somewhere or whatever, we would have done a scout on them there. Like that's how that's, that's unless funny, you're always like one game at a time. We don't look on this week, but in reality, they're for, they're yeah. But you see, you might have gotten a week off. So like, if you were like, uh, what game? I don't know what league game it was, but the 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 headline guys might have got a week off. You just do all you're doing is prep. And then you bank it, and you don't think about it again until the week off. But you, it's there's a body and like there's a body of knowledge in there that you can kind of access and it's not completely new learning so you get to hit the ground running he used to always do it with when there was like five day, five, day, uh, five day turnarounds and stuff so that he was going well look we've already done a lot of this stuff here so Monday we don't have to be on the pitch we'll just do a really heavy session right now but we don't have to do as much of the intellectual stuff on the Tuesday so he was really good at that. I thought them, and I think Leinster do that very well as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few decisions made on the makeup of the team for the round two already. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it is. Well, like I think it, like they, they manage that stuff well, and you have to like you have to say to guys, well, look, I'm ain't gonna start. I'm not gonna search this week, but you're you're you know you're getting a look next week. So keep the chin up. And that's the thing how you have to manage it. And Keen, just before we move on to the other, the other pools, uh, what's the one game in this pool you think would be Lancers? You know, the trickiest or the one where they're most likely to be caught? Maybe. Oh, I'd agree with the lads. I think Toulouse away is you know just purely because it's always a tough place to go. Um, 
I, I still think it's we're kind of unsure what we're going to get from wasps and and bath. I think it's funny looking back and I was looking back at the 2015-16 campaign. You know when Leinster started their campaign at home to wasps and was it 33-6 and come a long way, a hell of a long way since then as they start another campaign. Your last season Champions Club Rugby. You're welcome. Remember, right. Memorable. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Valauda. Yeah, thanks for the memories, Keane. 50 <laughs> points conceded in the Rico, <laughs> was it? That was pretty grim stuff, yeah. But yeah, yeah I think if anything, a Toulouse away, I reckon, would, would be the one, but I actually don't see them slipping up. Yeah, I think they'll go for six for six. Oh, we'll move on to Ulster's pool now, Rory. Uh, they're in with Racing, uh, Scarlet and Leicester. They have Leicester at home this weekend. And you get the feeling that it's basically winner bust already for them. If, if they don't get a result this weekend, I find it hard to see how where they're going to pick up the points necessary. Yeah, I think they've always been very good in the Kingspan Stadium in Europe, even in their bad seasons. But um, I don't remember them ever going into a European campaign with so many questions hanging over them. And I, you know, look, the injury update today was pretty positive. Marty Moore is probably going to make his debut, and that is that's big, massively big, needed. Big, Their scrum yeah. was appalling on on Friday night against yeah. Connacht. Their discipline wasn't great either. I think, like, the, even in the Munster game, their attack looked pretty good. They, 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 they had there were signs of, of 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 a good shape emerging there. That, that probably the thing that they put most emphasis on was that. But like, you know, the, the team they sent out the Munster. Billy Burns looks good. Like, he does Burns, look good. Yeah, yeah but he's got. You're doing well stuff. to extract a few positives from that Munster game. A record, a record <laughs> loss. Well. Yeah, I know, but it was a B team. Like, I mean, they, they, they we knew what was going to happen once we saw the team sheet that day. That's one of the reasons was you know we couldn't get a read on Munster because people kept sending B teams over to them. But um, like, I think Ulster's first fifteen is decent. But we haven't seen it yet. I think Jordy Murphy will add, will add something. A lot of European experience. Marty Moore. Could see him back. If they can keep him fit. Because he is yeah. back, yeah. Um, you know, there's a decent... You know, Henderson will have a week later. Week, you know, a week more, hopefully, to get over that concussion that he had. Having played six days after suffering it, which was a you know slightly ropey, in my opinion. Um, then you have Rory Best with another week. He looked pretty sluggish last weekend after a big long layoff. You'd hoped another week of training yeah. would get him up to speed. So... Stocktail as well. Stocktail, Stocktail back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he had the try this loud last weekend. So oh. like, there's a, there is a team there, and McCluskey's back as well because he's he's really important to him. He's, he's a bit really, of a focal point for them. Yeah, you know, they miss they miss Darren Cave a little bit though. They will. Like I know he was obviously you know he'd be disappointed that tackle against Munster, but uh, they just miss him. He's a nice cog for them. For I, I think he's a he's kind of a real underrated player. Always I always like he and he plays better than he trains. Uh, was, he was always a guy who didn't I never thought trained great, uh, but actually a nice rugby player and a tough guy as well. A good tackler usually so um they'll miss him and I think he broke his thumb so um yeah like I agree I actually I think there are things like again hard to extract too many pauses but I actually don't think I think it really comes down to how skinny the squad is um like I think when they have their frontline guys back they're a good team they are a good team and I think they have made some good additions I think Marty Moore Jordy Murphy well, Addison really well. good. Addison's back as Addison, well. yeah. yeah sorry as well so like they have good and like Stockdale's like he, he's a really nice player going forward you know he, he's a he's a big addition he's and a confident guy you know he's a guy they can rely on um, so Spade back no Spade's still out as well and that's a bit of a loss was, yeah he's like, 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 like and, and Darren Cave Darren yeah. Cave you're missing but I think the problem is you know their second string just, just aren't quite at that level yet and there's a lot of young guys there. I think Tom O'Toole is a great, um, a great prospect at Tighthead. But like the last few weeks, he's been asked, you know, to to hold up this scrum, and he's a guy who should be, you know, learning from Marty Moore. So, yeah. you know, throwing these guys in the deep end, like it didn't go well at all in in Munster. But when they get the, the first fifteen, they're a different team. But we've said that before, haven't we? About Ulster, it's probably time that they delivered on it. I think they've been like, if you look at the guys who they really would have relied on. Um, over the last couple of years, like really injury prone, like you know Trimby, um, like uh, Tommy Bow would have been a big leader up there. They would have spent big, you know those those are guys where they were the big players, they were the marquee players. Like Bessie has had, you know, troubles here and there for Ulster. It hasn't been always like a, an absolute mainstay in terms of you know obviously he's protected you know because of Ireland duty as well. But Ian Henderson's a guy who struggles a lot with injuries as well. So like to have that could see of course, like so they've been unlucky with that stuff as well the last couple of years. I think when they do have their first team out. They are really, really good. I think they miss Pieta, of course. Like he's obviously just a bit of magic they've, gone, but they've lost pretty much an entire since Pienaar is gone. They've lost their entire backline, their entire first choice backline. Every position they've lost their first Pienaar, choice. Pienaar, Paddy Jackson, Stuart Olding, those guys. Jared like Payne, Jared Payne. Like you've got like they've had the class, it, they've had the caps and class that gone out of that backline. Yeah, that they've yeah. and their backline actually isn't a problem. Like the new backline is pretty good, but it's you know it doesn't have that experience, doesn't have that you know the amount of lines and stuff that they had. Um, there's been a massive if if they were a French team they'd sack off Europe this year and focus on the Pro 14 almost yeah. begin their 2019-20 European campaign by trying to get the best seeding they can through the league but yeah. you can't do that in Ireland but you you 
like they should be really putting all their eggs in the Pro 14 basket in some ways and just trying to get as high up the table and uh, as they can. Depending on what happens this weekend, they, they might have to. Like, I, I think for, for all of that, though, I mean, their, their discipline has been shocking, like shocking this season. And you can say like their first 15 is good, but like we talk about Kutsia, like that yellow card he got yeah. it was just so City. stupid. Yeah. And it was his second high tackle. Okay, the Matty Rea one was a, a bit of a different case, but they've had a lot of disciplinary. Was silly, it was very silly. You, you can't space. afford, you that, can't afford stage, that, like, yeah. you know, and especially from Kutsia, who, you know, is one of their, their main leaders, one of the more experienced Ooh. players. And t t like, that was a crucial time in the game, just for half time as well. And you can't go into Europe getting City Their city A team was, their A team was over in the Ospreys and they went down to 12 men. Yeah. So you'd wonder, <laughs> you'd wonder like Rodney it's, Ayew, it's a who, like Rodney Ayew is playing for the A's, he gets himself red carded. I know Rodney Ayew is not the greatest Irish national of all time. I enjoy your He's still on an international salary. Like you know, that guy's a, a tight head prop, the most one of the most pivotal positions, and he's off at the eighty. Like there's just squad management issues there as well. You know, the, the, they have another couple of years of transition, I think, ahead of them before they can get back to the stage uh, where a, yeah, they can compete to get out of the there, pool. There was some like there's no real prospect of Ulster threatening Europe this year. You know, I, I think. If they get a couple of home wins and maybe the odd away result, like that's, that's all we can expect yeah, yeah. from them. They're not four, four or five years ago. They looked like the team that were going to move ahead of Munster and, and really challenge. I mean, that time Payne got sent off against Saracens. That's a long time ago now. Their squad has completely changed. It doesn't look anywhere near as good. They can still put a decent fifteen out, but really, some of the guys are going to bring off the bench the weekend are not at the level that you need to be at. They need to bring. They, yeah, they they need some time. They really need some time. Like, and I think it's, I think they deserve it. I think like that's a that's a fairly compelling case that that Rory's just made there, um, in that, like the, the amount of quality that they've lost. They, like and I think as well like they need time to nurture a few of the guys, but they also need to make sure that they manage those people where, when they when those guys are getting in the team that they're playing again like the Leinster thing they're playing with the top guys like yeah. that's an important thing for them. They can't just bring six of them in. I know they've no choice now the last couple of weeks, but they need to make sure those people are playing with Rory Best. They're, they're playing with Ian Henderson. They're playing with Katia, playing with Jordy Murphy. Because otherwise it's really difficult for them, you know, um, to, to really... Fr because you, you could get a 60... Like the 62 or whatever, 62-point drubbing, like, I mean, that's that's so bad for your confidence. I don't care. I mean, I know it's one of those ones you just go right. Rory put a good spin on it, though. <laughs> yeah. I hope they're listening. No, but as did I. The factor, though, is that two-week trip to South Africa. I think that's... That, yeah. that's yeah. There's a hangover from that. We saw that with a Munster yeah. and against Rassing in the semi-final last year that's not an easy thing to get over Dan and mentioned that, it didn't he post I think uh, yeah, yeah yeah he did and like it, they, they lost a lot of players coming back from there I think it's put a bit of a check on it like they won their first four well four in a draw in the first mm. four games which was a decent start yeah. Um, I think they should be over at this stage but I think that did put a, a bit of a check on the momentum I think that's a difficult thing to get over Leinster did it last year pretty well mm. but um, it's not an easy thing to come back from and sure. Keen, they're not the only kind of Irish interest in this pool. Simon Zebo, Racing 92, you know, they're playing Scarlets in one of the games of the weekend, if not the game of the weekend. And he's been in scintillating form, six yeah. tries, I think, in six games. They're huge contenders, but, you know, it's funny whenever I hear him being interviewed over there, he does hold out hope that if his form is good enough, he might get back into the Ireland <laughs> squad. Forget it. He's literally <laughs> doing it. He's, he can't put, put together a more compelling case than this. Yeah, no, he's, he's, I think he's made his bed now. It's probably wishful, wishful thinking. But, yeah, it, I've seen a, a few of his tries. He's been... He's been really good. I think he's he's probably bulked up a bit. I think we could say for the French. In what way? But, but <laughs> the cross-ons. He's probably enjoying himself. Yeah. yeah. But um, still moving. He's a free he's spirit. He's a, the athlete that guy could be if he really liked to train. Honestly, like he doesn't. He's like in there dancing. Everyone else like doing weights, and he's doing all these unbelievable Michael Jackson moves. And all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's my attempt of it there. Yeah. Uh, but like seriously, like if the guy liked to train, he would be. Uh, it's always a frustration. But, but he makes him a very interesting proposition when with the form he's in this year. But like it's interesting. Like, have you watched all the games? I haven't watched every game, no. But have you watched the, a game? Oh, a I've game. seen him play. Yeah. Yeah, like okay, it's not like football. It's not like a striker where you don't have to. You don't have to defend. Like it's one. That's the one part of Simon's game where that's the reason he didn't get picked. Is the other parts of it. It's not the attacking part. The attacking part is always really, really good. Like. To say he's in the form of his life, I don't know. Six and six. Yeah, he's great. He's always had a great nose for choice. I'm pretty sure his stats were the same for Munster. Um, I don't know. Like I think uh, like I think he's content enough over there to not be getting picked. He doesn't like it in, in Irish camp. You know, as much as he says he'd like to play for Ireland, I think he's happy enough over there. And Rassing probably suits him as well, is it? What they call him as a Le Showbiz or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I mean, that that really does. He's a great, but I love watching him. He's a personality like, yeah. do you know what I mean? He is, and he it's, loves... And it's great to see him doing well. I mean, he... Uh, he is he doing wanted, well. Sorry, he sorry. To, I'm not to, to burst the bubble. There, I just know. mean, the Irish thing is a pipe dream. He's yeah, not getting so. back yeah. in there. I mean, they don't get on so well. Yeah. And... You know, there's Joe's. They're different personalities. You know, really different personalities. He's a free spirit, like. So even if he, he's, it, he still picked them. 
for the All Blacks game. He still picked them consistently before the before the move was announced. Yeah. He still saw something in him that he, he thought he could mold. Like he started loves with the Chicago, high ball. loves the high ball. Like yeah. he, and he, and he he does have a nose for trial. Like, he can't turn your nose up about that. I mean, yeah. there are work rate, you know, there are work rate issues. But when he got him in shape and he got him in camp, he, up until twenty fifteen, he wasn't getting in. The twenty fifteen World Cup was pretty pretty frustrating for Simon. And I think he's probably like yourself. Probably should have been uh, he should have, shouldn't have been outside the twenty three for that that semi final. Yeah, that was difficult. But, um, we were shredding them and training as well. So it was, that was a, we were both in the same going. Wow, it's like why aren't we getting picked? Yeah, like weird, I, yeah. that was when you look back on it. That was a yeah. poor selection, I think, in the end. So like he was having a good workup, but I think he did earn Joe's trust in the, within the squad. But yeah. as soon as I like, I've never seen anyone bombed out as quickly as when he announced his, his, his move to Racing. I'd still love to have him in there, but he's just—it's just not a. It's not I a think runner. he'd probably be our best full back still for me. Like I—I I, I do believe because like, you don't have to do that much defending back there, you know. And he's great on the he, high ball. He's a lovely kicking game. And he offers he's the pl- lovely playmakers. Yeah. yeah, that's why it was so disappointing though when he at the time when he left because, like you said, Rod, he'd worked so hard to earn Joe Schmidt's trust, and we all we can you can see how tough that is from the outside looking oh. in. And he got there, and you were just kind of thinking, okay, this is the time where, like you said, he could make the full back position his own. He could put oh. pressure on Rob Kearney, and obviously he thought this was the best time to go, but. Yeah, like it's great to see him doing well, but, but I think that's a big like you have to understand. Like, think about it from his perspective for, for a bit because you're right, you're completely right. Like, it, like he was almost there about making it his own spot. Do you know what I mean? But he didn't like it. Like that's yeah, why he yeah. went. Like, yeah. it, like what's the difference? like really? Like, do you really notice the difference between? Sorry, this sounds like a real crass thing to say, but do you really notice the difference at that point in your career? Between like it's probably a hundred, two hundred grand of a difference in the contract, right? And he's probably getting paid fairly, you know, fairly well anyway. Like in the in the twos and threes anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? That's huge money anyway. Like, it, I don't think always said he wanted to go to yeah. France. It's I know he did. No, I know he's. I, I, I get you. I get you. And maybe Munster were going through a bit of a difficult phase that could have contributed. But he was starting for Ireland, and yeah. like the money you make in there, like he would have made. He would have made the difference. He probably would have made up the difference by being involved in that Irish Grand Slam mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Um, and there's no off-field earnings now as well, which he would have had a good bit of that stuff yeah. over in in in, uh, in Ireland. So I think if you look at it, I'd say he's thinking. Well, like I don't have to do any of the off-field stuff. I can do my own thing. I'm getting paid more money, but I actually don't have to go into Irish camp anymore. It's a short. Like, it's a short career. I mean, he may as well, you know, like that. He's mm. he's always said like uh, that he wanted to go to France and like you know, fair play to him. Like I mean, go live the dream while he can, you know. Is it the dream? Like it's I think his dream. I think it was. It's I think it was his. It's, he's I always. Don't know if it is. I he's always he was said it like was. Munster aren't really competing here. You know, I don't really enjoy going into Irish camp. We haven't actually, we haven't won anything. Like, you know, England looked very dominant at the time. Um, you know, and he probably would, I, I still think he might have picked Rob Kearney ahead of him if Rob Kearney's fit. Yeah. Um, I think Simon probably felt that. Rob's more Joe's type of player, like very solid, um, you know, is like, is in always in good shape. Like you see how Rob comes back from injuries. Like he's always, he nearly does 80 minutes all the time. He's really, really fit in that. Um, and I'd say Simon's like, I know your man is going to pick him ahead of me if he's fit. That's That'd be my view yeah, on it. Yeah, Sorry, I, don't, I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, I, I would admire him for making the decision of going when he's somewhat in the peak of his career, you know, because he wanted to go rather than going when yeah. he's in his late 30s and picking up a paycheck at the end of his career. If yeah. he always wanted to go, then fair play to him for going while he's actually contributing heavily to Racing. And like you said, you know, they're going to have their eyes in Europe this year as well to go one better. So he'll be a main part of that. And, and he looks really good. Sorry, well, I know. Sorry, I'm, I've only seen the attacking stuff as well, but I just, it's sorry, when I always... Just I'm always cautioning that when you're looking at rugby, it's not about, uh, it's not like soccer. You know, you go, well, your man had a great game, like he literally lost the ball fucking 30 times or whatever it is, but he scored a goal. Like, it's not really like that. Like, I think if he's taking high balls well, if he's kicking well, if he's passing well, like they're all important parts of playing fullback. Like, it, the tries are great and he looks really, really, like he looks in great shape, which is good to see. But, sorry, that's why I was kind of saying, well, maybe that's not the case. Let's be careful because obviously the uh, people who are watching and, you know, coming up with the headlines, you know, I'm not always sure they they really know rugby either. Do you know that kind of way? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to. That's my own little tangent oh. there. Side thought. <laughs> yeah, we probably don't have time to go through the last two pools in detail, Rory, but just to have a look, quick look at Saracens because they are probably the biggest challengers to Leinster's uh, crown. They're in with Glasgow, Leon, and Cardiff. Would you expect those two teams to meet at some stage, Leinster and Saracens, for to really have a good go at it? Well, this time last year we all thought Saracens were going to get three in a row, and they just they ran aground during the pool stages. It depends somewhat on the on the. The health of you know the Vinopolas, you know that they they they've lost Brad Barrett, who's an important player for them. But yeah, they do look like the best of the rest. I think you know, and and I think like Leon beat Racing away at the weekend, but you know they're newcomers in the tournament. Yeah. Cardiff haven't been here for a while. Like you know they're they're they can be good to watch. Hallaholo is great, but you know they're not going to 
go through. And Glasgow, I, I actually put money on Glasgow to win the tournament last year, so that shows what I know about rugby. But, <laughs> yeah. but like they, they flattered, the see, they looked like Dave Rennie's in charge of them. They have, yeah. and that new 10 Hastings looks like looks a business. Well, but again, Glasgow Saracens when this it comes, weekend and Glasgow as well. Yeah, Saracens will win that. Like. They don't really like Europe, do they? Glasgow. They're, they're all you but always. But they've had a few unbelievable to, big wins. Yeah, they've, they've, they've never, they've never win, kicked on. They've they're they're a bit like Exeter in that regard. Like they, they just. There's some great battles in Munster as well. Like yeah, you know, they just. Yeah. But they're they, good team. I think Leinster just exposed. Leinster almost just sent them back a couple of paces last year with that oh, win over there. They just destroyed they them. them out. Yeah, the tight. yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember the malls. The few malls on the right hand side of the pitch. I remember. I was thinking I was over uh, in in Welford Road actually watching the game. I remember just thinking they just squeezed the life out of them like yeah. it was really really impressive i thought yeah uh, that was and they did the same to exeter actually yeah so it's kind of compete i think you're right i think i think vinapola like they need to have billy vinapola back yeah he was like very he, good at the weekend i think 28 carries against harlequins yeah but he just it's the little thing it's because he can pass like the amount of kids you say to them make sure as a forward if you're a great carry that you can pass and use it sometimes like he does that really well like he's because he's such a focal point like he's obviously a freak of an athlete because he's so big but he draws people onto him because you have to you have to respect that and you have to say well look someone's probably going to need a hand taking this fella down but if he can then go as soon as he sees someone coming in he can get a ball at the back great space for everyone else it's a small thing like it's amazing that one player like I think he's a big impact for England as well oh, yeah. he's a big loss for them you know um, but he's an even bigger loss for Saracens so yeah him back if, he can, if they can keep him fit you know he'd make a massive difference to them Team, do you agree? Would they be your kind of second kind of team? Yeah, I think so, and especially having lost their crown last year, you know they'll be they'll be bullying about that. And yeah, I totally agree. Like Vunapola is the key to that. Um, it would be great to see another Leinster and Saracens um, Saracens game because I think you know there was so much talk that the Leinster wanted a crack off Saracens a couple of years ago, and now I'd say Saracens want to have another crack at Leinster. Yeah, I feel like last year when they met Saracens, Saracens weren't at their yeah, best, maybe see, missing we, a couple of players. We didn't get the game we all yeah. sort of hoped, so it'd be good if they met this season. And Newcastle it. perhaps in the final. Like, we'll just go around the room to finish up, guys, and let's get your thoughts on how the Irish teams will get on and maybe pick the fi your finalists as well for the tournament, Luke. Um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, who's gonna get, I think Leinster will, will get through. I think... Um, I think Munster get through. I think Ulster won't. Um, that's all fairly obvious. I don't know why I was thinking so long about them, but I think uh, I think Leinster will have a, have a little bit more difficult than people think. Um, I think Bath away and to lose away are difficult matches, um, and so is Wasps away. They're all really difficult matches away. Uh, I don't think there's any easy easy games in this competition anymore. Um, I think Munster possibly could. I think they get in behind Exeter. I do. I do think that. Um, but it'll be a challenge. Like it's a real challenge there for them. I think Exeter are really good, and I think they'll actually. I think they'll learn a bit from playing them because I think Exeter are going to beat them. Uh, I think they might beat them in both places, um, which is a kind of bold enough statement. But I, I think uh, they'll get two bonus points, is what I think, and they should beat the other two. Uh, well, if they win the other four games, so that's that'll be my view on it. But Ulster really going to struggle. I can't see them beating the Scarlets. They, you know, they always beat them at the start of the season, but Scarlets with a full team are a difficult proposition. Uh, Leicester away from home, they won't win. Um, and Racing, I think uh, Racing, they've no chance of beating any of those teams away from home, so they've no chance of going through. And your finalists? Finalists, I think. Um, oh, uh, I will go with. Um, I think Leinster as well. I think Leinster look really, really good so far. Again, they've lots of depth, and I think. Um, who do I think is really good? Jesus, um, I think. I wonder when Montpellier get through. Sounds like such a weird one, but I just think they're they're really difficult to play against. They're they're fairly sluggish, but good coach. Yeah, bloody good coach. Yeah, you know that's a, sorry. I know it's an odd one, but that uh, maybe I think those two. Yeah. Just before we get your predictions, Rory, I just want to have a quick word on Connacht because they're in the Challenge Cup. I don't want to be accused of neglecting them entirely. They play Bordeaux this weekend, the sports grounds. How do you expect them to approach uh, this campaign? Will they kind of just use it as a way of you know, blooding other players or rotating their squad, or will they go for it? It sounds like they're going to rotate, but I think everyone rotates in Challenge Cup, so it's it's you know Connacht don't have the deepest squad, but they do generally tend to get out of their pool in in, in the Challenge Cup and. You know, a home quarter final, which they've been able to earn, you know, is a good income earner. It brings it keeps the interest going over the course of the season. But I think their eggs are in the Pro 14 basket. They're going well. Um, you know, the stadium announcement this week is is a really right, positive yeah, thing as well. Good. You know, like I, the, the overdue, but you know, a, a good news story. 
and the French just really, really don't care about this competition. So it's a backdoor into the Champions Cups Cup as well. belong in the Challenge Cup. <laughs> 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 no if, if only they stopped winning the French League, you know. That's, that's the thing about the Challenge Cup. It's a backdoor into the Champions Cup. And like I mentioned, I was at the quarterfinal last year and Connacht really missed a trick there. They really should have beaten Gloucester. And you look at now Cardiff get into the Champions Cup. So with teams taking their eye off it, there is actually a chance, you know, to get into the Champions Cup. So I think they will rotate, but I think they'll be mindful of last season they they missed out they really should have been there they were good enough to they were I think they were good enough to go all the way Kieran Keane okay fair enough difficult season but they had a good enough squad to at least get to a final and I think they'll they'll be mindful of that Rory your predictions um I think I largely agree with Luke I think Leinster to get to a final at least Munster back to the semi final you give them a shot against anyone in a 50-50 you know in a, on the day but I think that's their level and I don't think even though they've signed well they've still lost Ebo and I'm not sure they quite when they come up against the best teams in, in that, that stage of the season I'd still have my doubts um, and I think Ulster aren't getting out of the pools and I think Exeter are going to get to the final to play Leinster and that would be an interesting game and your winner Leinster Keane um, yeah I think agree with the lads I think Leinster will get out of the pool I think Munster will probably get out of the pool but second I think I'd reckon Exeter will probably top it Um I'd like to see Ulster doing well. I'm going to Belfast on Saturday. Um, I think a, a good start against Leicester is, like you said, is just non-negotiable. They need a, a good result. But yeah, I just can't see them winning, like Luke said, any if many if any away from home. Um, in terms of the final, yeah, I'd see Leinster, um, possibly Saracens if they don't meet until then. And yeah, I just don't see anyone beating Leinster again this season. And I'll go with Le Leinster over Saracens in the final. Uh, <laughs> I made a one to twenty power ranking here. I won't read it out on there. And, uh, <laughs> you were dying to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Leinster, go. Saracens, Racing, Exeter, Munster, Scarlets, Montpellier, Glasgow, Wasps, Toulon, Toulouse, Leicester, Bath, Gloucester, Cast, Ulster, Edinburgh, Leon, Newcastle, Cardiff. Ulster above Edinburgh. Yeah, just by one place, both languishing at the bottom. <laughs> Ulster won't be happy with being out of the top four. Ah, top five is you know they're, they're not far off. Ulster. To be fair. They're like, sort of being away from home. You know, cast in fifteenth. You know, that's 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 a reflection. <laughs> that's, of my that's, my that's my revenge. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, thanks so much for coming in. So much great rugby to look forward to over the next few weeks. Keen, Rory, Luke, thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. That's all we have time for in the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another great podcast. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on Independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening. And goodbye.